Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Hayward from Accelerated Performance in Virginia. What's up, Hayward? How are you today? I'm doing well, Bree. I hope you are. Yes, doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. Awesome. So let's jump right into the details here, wasting no time. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Well, it's an interesting background. I started out, um, I was actually working in restaurants many years ago, bartending, and then um, had a young child and the restaurant hours just didn't jive with having a young kid, you know, getting home at three or four o'clock in the morning and then you know, trying to get up early to take him to school and then trying to function on no sleep. So, you know, at the, some that point we tried, we just basically said we need to make a decision on what we want to do. Do we want to continue being in restaurants and, or do we want to try and do something different? And so we'd always worked out, you know, and loved being in a gym. So I was like, well, let's go work for a gym and see what happens. And, mm-hmm. and this was back in 1990. And then in 96, um, one of the uh, the owners, that's when personal training was starting to get some, you know, some traction in Virginia. And Roanoke's a small town. So it's, you know, things may have been big other places, but in Roanoke, it's, you know, it takes a while for things to catch on. So, right. um, but at that point in time, the owner offered us an opportunity to get uh, personal training certifications through NASM. So um, we all jumped on it. And at that time, it was, you know, it didn't matter if it was salespeople or people that were working in the gym um, as trainers or, you know, the manager. He, they were basically, they're like, anybody that wants to do it, we'll pay for it. Wow. So basically, that was my introduction into personal training. And um, at that time, I worked for that company um, probably until 97, I think it was. And at that time, um, I could see that on the that side of town, there just weren't a lot of people that could afford, you know, to pay the the I think it was thirty dollars an hour back mm-hmm. then for personal training. Um, so we went to a different club at that point in time, um, Roanoke Athletic Club, and um, worked there for about seven years. And during that time, we um, started getting more into functional training. Uh, started uh, getting some certifications with Paul Check, um, certifications with uh, perform better and some of the things that they were offering. And then we, you know, we started learning more about athletic training and performance-based training. And, you know, that's great to work with young athletes doing that, but it's actually way more important to work with our older clientele doing that as opposed to the younger people, because, you know, yeah, when you're young, you want to get more explosive. You want to be more athletic. You want to be able to perform at a high level, but, you know, when you're older, it's being able to get down on the ground. It's being able to get off the ground. It's being able to, you know, get over a fence if you have to. If you ever lock your keys in the house and you have to climb over a fence, you have to, you know, you need to be strong enough to be able to pull yourself up to do that. So right. mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's, so we, you know, we were doing it, doing some functional core training at that point in time and some more athletic things. And the gym, it was a big spot, a big box gym that we worked in. And at that point in time, you know, a lot of people were complaining about, you know, how much room we took up or how much space we took up. Um, if they weren't doing that type of training, they were, I guess they were a little intimidated by it. They were, they didn't know exactly what was going on. So, um, so at that point in time, it was like, okay, well, you know, I can either change my style of training or I can go out on my own. Right. 
So we opted to go out on our own, not knowing what the hell we were doing as far as running a business, not knowing what it would take, not knowing how many hours it would take, not really having any money. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but we had some equity in our house. So, you know, we were willing to put our house on the line to do that. And, you know, that was back in 2004. And, you know, we've gone through a couple, you know, economic crisis during that time and mm -hmm. kept our head above water. Has not been easy. Um, sometimes, you know, you're doing really well and you're thinking, man, this is great. It's like I'm printing money here. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, an economic crisis happens. And then, you know, you're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Right. And then things start to pick back up and we've got traction again. And then next thing you know, COVID happens. So, yeah. Um, it seems like every 10 years there's another crisis mm -hmm. uh, that we, you know, that we're trying to work our way through to, you know, to get through those times. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a little bit wild after, you know, over the last few years in the industry absolutely. as a whole. And, you know, over, I think, well, it's around, it's around about 40% of gyms have actually closed over the last couple of years. So crazy. it's crazy. So even just to have your doors open at this point is a huge accomplishment yeah. in and of itself. So interesting for us is when we first opened back in 2004, they were on our side of town within um, probably a 15 mile radius. There were maybe five personal training studios total. Mm -hmm. um, there was nobody doing it. Right. Um, and now within about a two mile radius, there's about six. Actually, yeah, you go from our studio, if you drive down the road a half a mile in one direction, you'll pass four. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of them, I've, I know a couple of the owners and I talked to them and, um, yeah, everybody's, you know, struggling to keep their head above water right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's been challenging to say the least. That's for sure. So yeah. now within your facility, uh, what what does your business model look like? Are you mostly one on ones? Do you do any semi privates or groups or? Yes. <laughs> All of the above. Yes. yes. Okay. When we first started out, we were doing mainly one-on-one -on -one, or we do like if it was a husband and wife or a father and a son or a mother and a daughter or father, daughter, whatever, we might train two people at a time or three people at a time. But it was basically individual sessions. And now, um, a couple of years ago, right before COVID happened, I decided I wanted to try and go more with a unlimited type of model where they played a, paid a flat rate. Um, I dedic dedicated so many hours per day to, so they could come into the gym to get that rate and they could get in up to five times a week if they wanted to come in that many. Mm -hmm. um, and I've got a few people that are doing that. I still have a few people that are doing the individual sessions. Um, and yeah, so it, by doing that though, it's allowed me to have more free time during the day without it, um, without it uh, you know, negatively impacting my, my revenue. Right. Um, mm -hmm. It's been good for me. Um, you know, so now, you know, I've got a couple of people that, you know, that I train that I actually travel to their place. Um, and one's about an hour away, but oh, that wow. guy, yeah, he lives in town, but he's a dentist about an hour away. And so he pays me, you know, a couple of times a week to come up and train him and his staff. Um, which it's funny because, you know, out of the, I think, you know, he's a dentist and I think out of that staff of, nine people only two take advantage of it him and one other person wow yeah yeah and he's like willing to pay for it um you know he's like and every day when they're leaving hey you guys want to work out i'm paying for it and they won't take advantage of it so 
Yeah, that's a little bit disappointing that more people don't take advantage of it because all of them will sit there and, you know, they talk about when they're leaving. I've been doing this now with him for about five years. And, you know, so I sit there and I've gotten to know a lot of these people. And, you know, they talk, they ask me questions about losing weight or things that they should do exercise wise. And, you know, I'm constantly inviting them in to join. But, you know, they're by the time the day is done, they just want to get the hell out of there and go home. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I get it because, you know, it's, it's something new and, you know, what is it? Um, I think it's habits, routines, lifestyle. Mm -hmm. you know, it takes about 60 to 90 days to get in the habit of doing something. Not, it takes about six months for it to become a routine and it takes about 18 months for it to become lifestyle. Right. And most people don't want to go through the pain. No. Of, of the habit, routine, lifestyle. You know, and I may have that out of order. It might be routine, habit, lifestyle, but whatever it is, you know, I know that most people don't want to dedicate the time that it takes to get to that level. Right. Yeah. And so many people uh, along those same lines are just afraid of failing. Right. So it's like they're more afraid to try and fail. Right. Then it's easier for them to just not try because then by default, they don't fail, you right. know? The thing is, when you fail, you don't fail. I, I tell people you either succeed or you learn. Exactly. Mm -hmm. okay? It's like when you're coming into a gym to work out, um, whether it's a big box gym or whether it's, you know, an individual style gym, there's always going to be someone there willing to help you and that wants to help you. Because uh, most of us remember walking into that gym for the first time and being very intimidated. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to ask somebody for help, even if it's just asking for a spot, mm -hmm. you know, um, most people are willing to help you. They're willing to give you a spot. And, you know, and if it's someone that's been in the gym for a long time, they, they can assess people and they'll look at you and be like, you're going to try and lift this weight. Mm -hmm. You know, they just get really, you know, they're honest with people. It's like, dude, you're not ready for that. Or, you know, you're not ready to do that type of load yet. Right. Um, but if you're willing to go in there and ask for help, if you, that's what trainers are there for. That's why you hire a trainer. Mm -hmm. You know, most of the people I've had, I've been very fortunate with my business. I've had some of my clients um, since 96. Mm. Uh, so I've seen them, you know, go through every phase of their life, almost from having young children to having children that are, you know, adults now, and they're having kids to them being right. parents and, retiring from work um and you know but and they don't stick with me because you know i'm always constantly coming up with something new and different it's because they feel comfortable there and they feel that you know i've got their best interests at heart um, right. as a trainer that's our job you know first and foremost it's not about what we want you know it's about what that person needs yes yeah absolutely and there are so many people out there that do need the services that you're providing. Yeah, I mean, we all think about it. It's like I had one client. I've got some young softball players that I'm working with right now. And actually, we just kind of taper them off because they're getting ready to start their seasons. Um, they're 11 mm -hmm. years old. And, you know, the parents were kind of complaining about how expensive it was. And, and this was like at, at the first meeting. And I said, well, you know, it's really interesting. And I said, you do know that LeBron James spends over a million dollars a year hiring people to help him get ready for his next season and to maintain his body during the season that he's in. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but he makes a lot of money. And I said, it doesn't matter. I said, LeBron James is basically one of the most athletic, most skilled people you will ever see. And he still hires someone to help him help. Mm -hmm. every year. Right. No one gets through it alone. I said, hell, I hire people. 
Yeah. I hire people to help me with my nutrition. I hire people to help me, you know, with things I don't want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I said, uh, you know, as much as I would love to be able to do it all, you know, none of us can. Right. And I said, once you understand that this isn't just paying for a service, this is an investment into your child or an investment into yourself. And I said, it's amazing how people will spend an infinite amount of money or, you know, on health insurance. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll complain about it, but they'll spend it every month. And yet they don't go to the doctor that month. They might go to the doctor if they're decently healthy once a year for mm -hmm. an annual checkup. But yet they still pay that money just in case shit happens. Can we cuss? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one analogy that I really like to make is um, like a car payment, you know, because a lot of people have a car payment and it's like, okay, well, how, how many cars will you have over your life? You know, probably a few, four, maybe more depending, you know, and you pay $500 a month, you know, maybe more, um, less if you're lucky, but probably somewhere around $500. That's just for the car. And then you've got the insurance on top of it. And it's like, you're going to have multiple cars throughout your life. But then when you're talking about yourself and your body, Right. You only get one, right? you know, so be willing to invest money into your body. It should right. be the most important thing. You know, one of the first things that I end up doing with almost all of my clients is rewiring their thinking. Yes. Is understanding that you're not paying for basically a training session. You're paying for knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, and I've spent years going through schooling, years reading books, and years uh, going through nutrition classes, years studying, you know, different forms of techniques of strength training, um, you know, sprint work. You know, there's so many things that we need to do within our workouts. And I've got a, you know, a couple of signs in my studio that, you know, it says push, pull, carry, hinge, squat, jump, sprint, you know, and I'm like, if you're not doing at least five of these seven in every workout, then you're missing the point. Right. And so there's, these are things that we have to address in our bodies because as we age, the things that we don't use, our body is very efficient. It will get rid of them. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I've got a lot of clients now that are in their forties and fifties and, you know, they're, they talk about how they feel so much better. I had one guy that um, I posted a sign probably back in, probably September, I think it was, you know, basically on Facebook saying, looking for, you know, dads 35 and older, looking to change, get rid of their dad bod, um, you know, and I had a few guys respond to it and the ones that have stuck with it, you know, they're talking about now how, you know, six or yeah, about, about five months later, they've lost about 25 pounds, you know, they're fitting, yeah. they're fitting into clothes that they used to, you know, that they thought they'd never get into again. They feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, and the first thing that we talked about was, you know, nutrition. And I was like, we've got to address your nutrition. I said, because right now you're thinking of your car as being just some old beat up junker. I said, you need to think of your body as being a Ferrari or a Lamborghini and you want to put 93 fuel in it. I said, right. 93 fuel is organic foods. It's things that are unprocessed. It's things that are, you know, raw. You eat lots of raw fruits and vegetables. You eat lots of high protein. I said, and that's hard if you're a vegetarian or vegan. I said, but you got to figure out ways to get your protein in. Mm -hmm. And the ones that buy into it, they've made huge changes. They're seeing great yes. the body. The ones that don't, 
they still come in, but they haven't bought in yet, but they're still right. coming in. So I'm like, okay, it's going to take you a little bit longer, but you know, you'll get there. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes people a little bit longer to see the big picture, you know, but I'm sure that the other people getting those results really helps them to see what's possible as well. One of the things that, you know, that I've really noticed is in my semi-private sessions, these people are becoming a community. You know, I, right. I see them, they'll friend each other on Facebook because I'm friends with all of them all anyway. And then all of a sudden that one person will post something and I'll say, oh, that guy's responding to it. Oh, okay. She's responding to it now. And, you know, and then a couple of the guys are like basketball coaches. And, you know, a lot of us have the background of being coaches, you know, even the ones that come mm -hmm. that I'm training. Um, and so we talk shop all the time. And, right. and then when one guy has a game, we're all either watching it online or we're going to the games and watching and we're talking about it the next day. And, you know, so you, it's like you, you got, you've got this extended family. And when you yes. have that, you feel a little bit more commitment to coming in and working out each and every day. Definitely. Yeah. That community, it helps to hold people accountable. And that's a big yeah. piece. You know, a lot of people just need some sort of accountability. Right. You know, and then it gets to a point where they're not even necessarily coming in for the workout. They're coming in for the community, Absolutely. you know, and for the other people being there for them. And because they know if they don't show up, somebody's going to be like, hey, where are you? You know, <laughs> get the text. We, it's funny. We I send a group text out to everybody when I'm heading to the studio in the morning. And um, it, you know, most guys are like on my way or, you know, already here waiting on you. What's going on? And yeah, um, so when someone doesn't show up or they don't respond to the text, we'll send out a, a meme of a cat where they're over top of the owner, patting them on the face, trying to wake them up. Because you know? oh. <laughs> so sometimes guys will be like, they'll send a text and like, I'm on my way. Don't send that damn cat. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. It's good. It's good that you have fun with, with your members and, you know, got to keep it fun and, and light and, Absolutely. you know, keep people motivated. So that's awesome. The goal is to, you know, have them understand that this is habit, routine, lifestyle, a routine habit mm -hmm. lifestyle. I'm not sure which one it is, but yeah, and the only way that happens is you've got to invest the time in doing it. Mm -hmm. um, what was it? Um, Michael, is it Outliers? I think it is. And Michael Gladwell, I think is the name of the book. Mm -hmm. um, but he talks about what it takes to become a pro at something. And in this book, it talks, he talks about Bill Gates and he talks about um, hockey players or basketball players and musicians and, you know, just people that are very successful in many different fields. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen overnight. There are no overnight success stories, um, but it's about them putting in the 10,000 hours. Right. And, and the more time that you put into something and that that's the same goes with working out and 10,000 hours. You think about if I work out 40 hours a week, which no one's going to do. Right. You know, that would be five years of doing, working out 40 hours a week just to become a professional at it. Right. So, and it's not just going to the gym and, you know, doing the strength training aspect. It's also the part of doing the nutrition. It's the part of making sure you get enough water. It's a part of making sure you get enough rest, not consuming lots of alcohol, you know, avoiding processed foods like this, like it's the devil. Right. You know, you know, people will think, well, I want to eat this way. It's like, yeah, that's great. But, you know, you're going to pay for that down the road. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, you're going to you're going to see people that if they're drinking tons of sodas, it's like, oh, that's just empty calories. It's like to hell with the calories. You can burn off calories. Right. 
what it does to your pancreas and your liver, you mm-hmm. know, long-term effects of that are so much worse than a few, you know, gaining 10 pounds or 15 pounds. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, as far as your membership base goes or your client base, rather, how many clients do you currently have? Um, I have that are doing the flat rate. I have 27 clients that are doing that. Mm-hmm. And then I have another, I think it's 12 clients that do individual sessions. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so cool. you mentioned something about um, running an offer earlier to, that got some new people in. Yeah. So what does your marketing look like currently? How are you getting the word out there about what it is that you do? Um, it's, you know, it's more organic. It's more referring, you know, hoping that people are going to refer people, bring them in, you know, refer, uh, once they start working out, hey, do you know anybody that's looking to come in also? Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Why don't you bring them in? If you can bring them in, you know, if they decide to join, I'll give both of you 50% off next month. Um, you know, and then they usually are motivated to find one or two people to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I do, you know, like every day I'll post, some, you know, a couple things on Facebook and then Instagram, either exercises that I'm doing um some nutritional stuff that you know food that i'm eating things that i prep on a daily basis i talk about meal prep and how to you know kind of take the guesswork out of your food and you know but if you prep on you know sunday all you do usually do meal prep for most for the first half of the week mm-hmm. you know the last two or three days you know friday or saturday thursday friday and saturday i can just wing it you know because i can you know put some prep some stuff on wednesday night and then you know friday i'll prep thursday night for friday so you know, I also do things as far as meals, you know, showing people things that, you know, that I'm eating on a daily basis to get them interested that way. So, right. um, it, and it's one of those things where a lot of times, a lot of people may not respond to that, or they may not, you know, say, call me up immediately from it. But, you know, so eventually down the road, someone will reach out to me and they're like, yeah, I've been looking at your exercises for a while and, you know, finally decided to reach out to you. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's the, the old average, you know, the old adage as far in advertising, um, they usually don't see it once and then respond. They have to see it several times before they actually decide to do it. Yes. And, you know, and even on Instagram, heck, I um, started back on Instagram probably about 10 months ago, you know, and then um, trying to post videos on a daily basis. Um, actually, I was doing it once a week at that point in time. And um my god i think i had 174 followers at the time and and then i started doing it twice a week and then you know one of my clients he's you know more of a computer nerd he's like dude if you want to really you know get some interest in your your instagram account you're going to have to start doing it every day yeah Mm -hmm. and he goes and then he goes probably two to three times a day and he said also you don't want to be that person that posts a video and you know then someone goes to check out your account and they have like two exercise videos up there. He yeah, says, right. So, so I've been doing, you know, better with that. I probably put out one or two a day. Um, uh, and I've picked up several followers since then. I'm, I'm up over 500 followers now, which, you know, it's not a lot, but for me, I was like, you know, an old guy that's, you know, trying to learn technology or keep up with it. I'm like, hell, I've got 500 followers. I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty damn good for me. <laughs> You know, a lot of people, you know, the other guys that are doing it, they have like, you know, there are a couple of people that I talk to, they have 40,000 or, you know, yeah. and then, you know, a couple of guys that 
um, that I follow, they've got you know, a million and I'm like, Jesus. I know, it's crazy. It is. Yeah. It is. And you know, I'm sure I've never talked to them about, you know, how much money they're making off of that. But you know, they've got a million followers. I'm sure that's they're making a huge living just off of that. Cause mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I, I know that I was listening to someone and they were talking about podcasts and you know, getting your podcast downloaded. Um, and the guy was saying basically if you can get 5,000 people, 5,000 downloads a week on your podcast, you're in the upper 1% of, um, you know, podcasters. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you get over 50,000, you know, you're making six figures, you know, so you figure, I don't know how that correlates with Instagram and, you know, for having followers and how many people, but, you know, I'm sure if you've got, you know, half a million to a million followers, that's got to be yeah. you know, some serious money. That right. Make. Some people do that full time, just, right. you know, post on Instagram full time, which is wild. Right. That's uh, and the quality of their videos. I mean, some of these guys that I follow, you know, they, they've got, they, they give credits to the, the person that's filming the uh, video when they're doing their reels. And mm-hmm. they're, a couple of them are dancers. And they were talking about how just to post a video, they'll practice the dance, you know, for their what is it, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, it's on the reel, they'll do, they'll practice it for two to three hours. Right. And to film it, to get it before what they release, it'll take them about an hour to film it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, you sit there and you see the finished product and you're thinking, man, that's great quality. That's incredible. But what you don't see is how much all the time they, yeah, they put into it behind the scenes to make sure that when it actually goes to, you know, production and when it's ready, that it looks great. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is a lot of work on the back end for that kind of stuff. You just don't really realize it, you know? So now have you ever done any type of paid advertising on like Facebook, Instagram, Google at all? Yes, I have. I did it on Facebook. Um, I didn't, I wasn't really pleased with the results of it. Um, I, I had a lot of people respond to it. A lot of appointments were set up, but it was like, you just, they weren't quality returns. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had, you know, sure, I'd, I'd get people in there and I had a ton of people come in, but, you know, it was like just a, a revolving door, people coming in and leaving and coming in and leaving. And, you know, I, I just couldn't, you know, get anyone or any traction with it. So mm-hmm. I just kind of went back to what I was doing. And, and you know, my, I was like, all right, my goal is to, I've got a decent base. I don't need to, um, influx myself with a bunch of new clients it's not like I'm opening up a new studio so you know if I can add three clients you know and that was the goal you know going into this year to pick up three clients every month from because there's always people quitting you know for whatever reason either they're starting a sport or their job has changed or they've got an injury or whatever it might be so you know my goal is to always pick up from the people that that leave versus the ones that I'm adding if I can be a plus three every month Mm-hmm. And, you know, my goal is about you know July to you know I should be close to forty at that point in time. Right. You know, okay. Forty flat fee members, and then you know the individual sessions. You know, eventually I'd like to um, get out of those all together as well. But you know, I've got some people that I've had for years that do that, and they still want to do that. So I've got a certain you know sense of loyalty and commitment to them because you know they when I was just first starting out, they were there. So I'm not going to you know ignore them, act like they don't they're not important mm-hmm. to. to Okay. And now, uh, what are the main bottlenecks right now that you're facing within the business? If there are any specific bottlenecks, it's not necessarily the, the business itself, as opposed to just my schedule. 
Um, but the things that I, I that I do notice is that early morning, I've got a group of seven people that come in, you know, for that that time. Mm -hmm. The next time is a seven thirty in the morning. And, you know, filling that, and I can move it up to seven. I'm happy to move it to that. I can move it back a little bit. I can, you know, even do a nine o'clock to kind of accommodate, you know, people dropping their kids off at school or whatever. But those are harder times to fill. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe even going after a little bit more of the retired society, you know, because they've got more free time. I've read this one trainer out in Arizona, and basically that's all they did. They, they were younger guys, but they worked nothing but with um, people that were older and retired citizens. And they were like, they've got plenty of money. Yeah. They, they, they don't want to come in early in the morning to work out and they don't want to be there late. So you've yep. got really condensed time of training them. And, you know, so I need to, you know, try and figure something out of that nature, maybe start targeting a little bit more, yeah. of, you know, the retired people. But it seems in this area, a lot of people, when they retire, they get the hell out of here. You know, they moved to Florida or they, you know, they spend half their time in Florida, half their time here, you know, so. Right. Because you know, it, it still can get some nasty weather here mm -hmm. in a month. So, you know, that's, that's kind of like working with athletes. You have them for a short period of time and then right. they, go to, uh, they go to play their sports. So. Yes, absolutely. All right. So now what are your main focuses for the business for 2022? What are your goals look like? Where are we trying to get to? Um, like I said, you know, I want to get more, um, a few more people at, um, at certain hours of having mm -hmm. um, the flat fee rate or flat fee training sessions. Um, like I said, if I could pick up a plus three each month of doing that, um, then, you know, by the July or June, July, I would be, you know, at the number I'd be actually plus a little bit more than the plus 40, what I'm trying to get to. Um, yep. Do I want to do plus 50? I don't know because I'm still a one-man show. I don't have trainers. You know, I, my business partner, she's got her training sessions. We don't, like, if I'm training someone, I train them. And if she's training someone, she's training them. It's not like, hey, can you take these people at this hour or, you know, that nature. So, um, you know, that's, so I have to kind of be, you know, cognizant of, and, you know, of what my body can and can't handle. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, I've trained, it's funny, there's always an ebb and flow to it also. Um, I haven't really approached or targeted athletes probably for the last four years. Um, but right now I'm training, you know, quite a few softball players and I'm training a couple soccer players and a, and a football player that just, you know, finished this last season. And, you know, so I, you know, maybe I should go after them again, go back to the schools and start talking to, you know, the, the coaches are, you know, and the parents, you know, about the benefits more so at the middle school level, as opposed to the high school level, because once they hit high school, um, those coaches, they want them there for their strength training programs. And right. you know, they want them working out with the team as opposed to working out individually. Mm -hmm. um, I had one kid that I trained and, you know, I'd been training him since he was in the fifth grade. And um, when he got to high school, it became, you know, a point of contention because the coach wanted him there. For this yeah. and he wanted to continue training with me and you know I was like look you got to go with your team and you know so finally one day I get a call from the coach and you know and he's talking to me about the strength training and you know and fortunately we ended up we played against each other actually I was a couple years ahead of him so when I graduated and you know he's like if I didn't know you and if I didn't know you know that you were such a good athlete back then and you know he goes I would not even let him 
do this. He said, but because I do know you, I'm going to let him do it. And, you know, when he, he said, but if his numbers ever aren't where I want them to be, then he's going to have to, you know, come back and train with us. Right. And I was like, all right, say less. You, yeah. You're not, you're not scaring me or intimidating. Right. So, you know, he came in and every year he would test the highest as far as strength training, you know, and hang cleans and power cleans. He was one of the strongest ones and bench press and squats. So, you know, and those were things that we really didn't, you know, we focused on hang cleans, but, you know, we didn't do a lot of bench pressing. We didn't do a lot of squats. Uh, we did more single leg squats, more, um, you know, things of that nature, as opposed to just, you know, Bulgarian squats, as opposed to just doing bilateral, because mm -hmm. there's more benefit of getting each leg individually strong, as opposed to, you know, right. I was like, you know, how often do you in the sport, you know, unless you're playing basketball or volleyball, and you're jumping off of both legs. Right. Usually you're not. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, fortunately he, uh, he never disappointed me when he came back in for this, you know, strength training aspect with the gym or with his team. So, um, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, now he's graduated or he's graduating this year and now he's back in the studio, you know, getting ready to go off to college to play. So awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Okay. So now, uh, one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering going their own way, doing their own thing, opening their own facility, what would that be? Uh, first thing would probably be to hire a consultant to do it. Um, I did not do that when we started out and we spent a lot of time trying to figure out, figuring out on our own. Um, mm -hmm. I've hired a consultant since then. Um, and it was funny that I hired a guy a couple of years ago and he was out in Seattle. Um, and then COVID happened and he was, uh, he spent half his time in Seattle, half his time in Australia. And then he moved off to Australia. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, he moved back to Australia. So, you know, that, that's where his homeland was and his wife was pregnant. So he decided to go there. And um, so that kind of fell apart with me working with him. And then I hired someone else. Um, and I've been in the middle midst of working with him. Um, and it's been good for me. You know, some of the things that they want me to do are, you know, I'm like, yeah, my business is beyond that point. So I really don't need to do that. Um, mm -hmm. But other aspects are things that, you know, that I have paid more attention to. Mm -hmm. um, second part is, you know, it's fun. You know, don't worry about getting the best equipment or having the nicest equipment. Just get some equipment in there. Right. You know, you know one of the things that I did um, during COVID, you know, we, we were able to keep our gym open. But what I did is I would have people come in and we would just do kettlebell workouts. You know, so and you would not leave your six by four mat. Right. In the whole workout, you know, we do a 30 minute workout. And by the time we we're done and, you know, people were soaking wet, they're exhausted. Mm -hmm. and, they, and we've continued doing them, you know, since then. And, you know, some days I'll walk in and the guys are like, let's just put 30 minutes on the clock and do a kettlebell workout today. And I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, first thing is hire a consultant. Second thing, don't worry about spending a ton of money getting your equipment first you know, even buy some things that are going to be, you know, that you can do a lot of things with bands, get um, kettlebells, dumbbells. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't have to have the latest and the greatest rack. Hell, I actually went to, when we first opened, I went to one of the recycle places in the area and they had a bunch of weights that people had brought in. Mm -hmm. They were just sitting there and they said, if you'll get this shit out of here, you can have it. They didn't charge me a penny for it. They're like, wow. I took them out, you know, they were rusty. Four. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. They were rusty and dirty. I took them back to the studio, cleaned them up and painted them. And I still have them. We still use them. 
Wow, that's awesome. So that was, God, that was probably 2007, 2008 when I did that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 14 years later, they're still in use. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. That's a great idea. You know, if you can get equipment like that, you know, at very low, low to no cost, especially when you're first starting out, that's huge because so many people go in and spend so much money on equipment and, you know, before they have the, the client base or the membership base to be able to support it. And sometimes you get yourself in a little bit of a sticky situation. So. I mean, it's hard. I mean, cause you know, equipment now, I mean, when I first started buying equipment, you could buy um, dumbbells 50 cents a pound. Yeah. So if you bought 180 pounds worth of dumbbells, you know, let's say two 90 pound dumbbells, you know, it was what 90 bucks. Yeah. Now you can't get in, you know, if you try and buy, you know, two 90 pound dumbbells, you're going to spend every bit of, you know, four or five, four or five hundred dollars just for the 90s. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and you look at power blocks. I've, I've got a couple power blocks that I in my studio and, you know, those things aren't cheap. No. I mean, they're very, you can, they're very, you know, diverse. You can use them for a ton of different weights, but you know, you got, if you got nothing but power blocks in there, you're going to have a ton of money because you got to have at least six or seven of them, you know, for all your clients. If you got, you know, more multiple clients coming there at one time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, equipment's been in such a high demand over the last couple of years that it's, it's crazy. It is. Yeah. It is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I walked into Dick's the other day and, um, I was like, let me go over here and just look at the kettlebells to see how much kettlebells are. Yeah. I was dumbfounded. Yeah. Dumbfounded. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I can't believe how expensive all this equipment has gotten. Right? Yeah. yeah, I know. It's wild. It's wild. Hopefully it goes down, you know, as things start to kind of level out a little bit, but we'll see. Yeah, we're saying the same thing about gas prices and right. yeah. <laughs> food, everything else, you know? The cost of a house, I mean, it's just, you know, yeah. we're sitting here and um, my ex-wife and I, we were talking and um, we still own a house together and we're like, well, you know, we should sell the house. And I was like, yeah, but where would you go? Right. Said, you know, we own it together. I said, but I've got a place I can live. I said, but everything is so expensive. I said, it'd be hard to even find something to buy to, to replace it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. It's like, it's good for selling right now, but not so great for buying. Exactly. So. Yeah. You know, I've got, um, you know, a friend of mine, or it's my girlfriend, she actually works for a substance abuse company and um, they're buying houses and trying to help people. You know, they house a lot of these people when they're getting, you know, a lot of them come out from being in jail for whatever reason. And um, so they kind of help them to transition to get, you know, have a place to stay for six to eight weeks while they're working on getting clean and learning just day-to-day activities. And they've, they've bought... I think three houses over the last couple of years, but they have missed out on probably six or seven houses that they've tried to buy, you know, because they put like, let's say the house is selling for 200. They'll come in and they'll put an offer of 225 in on the house, but it's contingent upon, you know, them getting approved for whatever they have to do for, you know, for Medicare, Medicaid or whatever it might be mm-hmm. um, for their insurance billing. And then somebody else comes in and offers 220 or 225 or 230 you know, cash offer and they're losing deals left and right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's amazing how the market has changed in yep. so many different areas from how right. to gym equipment to, you know, rent, renting space, you know. Oh the, yeah, it's insane. It is. The nice thing right now is that 
you know, it's hard for the landlords because a lot of companies have figured out, you know what, we don't need to rent this huge space and we can have people work via Zoom or, you know, WhatsApp or whatever. And so people are doing that now and they're shutting down. So a lot of, in the next couple of years, a lot of commercial space is going to be available, in my opinion, mm -hmm. that, you know, that will allow. Right. It's no longer needed by a lot of companies. Oh yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Wild ride. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Social media, Facebook, it's Accelerated Performance, and that's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-D, Performance. And on Instagram, it's Excel, X-C-E-L, Performance 27. And Twitter, Accelerated Performance also. All right. Perfect. So pretty straightforward there. All righty. So Hayward from Accelerated Performance in Virginia. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. My pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Marty Hill from Sweet Science Fitness in Atlanta, Georgia. Sir, how are you today? I'm fantastic. And how are you doing? I am great. I'm excited to hear all about Sweet Science Fitness. So lay it on us. Tell us all about the business. Yeah, this is Sweet Science Fitness Boxing Club. We're based in Atlanta, Georgia, established in 2009. Uh, we're a full-service boxing gym uh, that specializes in teaching people the sport and art of boxing. Uh, we focus on kids' boxing programs, cardio boxing programs, amateur competitive-level USA boxing uh, programs, as well as professional boxing. Perfect. Now, let's spend a couple of minutes. Just give us a quick background on you. Were you an amateur fighter? Were you a professional fighter? Have you just always been in the training realm? What brought you to the point of, you know, 2009 saying, I'm going to open this place and I'm going to, I'm going to share the sweet science with other people. Yeah, sure. No, I actually opened the gym up in 2009. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to grow up boxing. I actually played other sports growing up. Uh, my passions were basketball, actually sports soccer. I was always a huge boxing fan, but just didn't get the chance to, to, to get to a gym and, and get taught uh, as a kid. Um, was able to pick up the sport later on in life at about 23, 24 years in age. I uh, had a local professional uh, spend some time with me, training with me, and spent some time at some of the local Atlanta gyms, you know, learning the sport and working with some of the top trainers here in Atlanta. From that point on, uh, I actually got pretty, a pretty severe back injury at about 26, 27 years old. Uh, that kind of stopped my opportunities in, in, in being able to compete at that time, which I really didn't realize was still at a very, very late stage in life but I still allowed myself to train and learn the sport and, uh, and became extremely passionate about it. The sport actually helped me lose a lot of weight. Um, so when I hurt my back, I went from about 175 pounds 
to about 205 pounds, uh, which was the heaviest I'd ever been in my life. And being in the gym, doing boxing workouts kind of kept me, actually got a lot of weight off and helped a lot of therapy with my back. Uh, in 2009, the sport had become more so a, an extreme passion for me, uh, where I left the corporate sector. I was an executive uh, recruiter or headhunter and left that to uh, focus on the sport of boxing full time and, you know, developing myself as a coach and learning how to train and how to teach people. Um, because I, you know, at the time, I assumed that my window to, to do competitive boxing actually had closed on me. Uh, that evolved into me opening up the gym. And, and, and what I realized was during my time frame of, of training and, and learning myself, you think that 23, 24, and 25 is, is young, you know, in the boxing community. Uh, and, and it's not, you know, obviously it's like other major sports, you know, the kids in the boxing gym are your six, seven, eight-year-olds. It's a sport that you pick up very, very, very early. Um, and being 24 and 25, I was kind of the old man in the gym, as, as ironic as that may sound. And didn't too much care about or feel that I was getting a lot of the attention that I still felt that I needed as a, as a paid member of a club or, or someone who was still in, 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 you know, as a part of a club. And I felt that when I decided to open up the brand, I wanted to create an environment where an older person or a more mature person, you know, 27 up or 25 and up could come into a boxing gym and still get taught as if they were six or eight, six or eight years old, you know, and still get that focus. And that's what sparked the sweet science for this boxing club model. It was gaining the fitness of a fighter without the fight at that time, you know, really focusing on people that were coming out of the white collar sector or professional sector that wanted all the attributes that boxing teaches, not just fitness, mental, self-confidence, self-defense, self-discipline, as well as a phenomenal sport, but wanted to give them an environment where they could come in and really learn it and have somebody focus on teaching them as if they were like a professional amateur child or a professional adult, really, you know, pursuing the boxing experience more than someone else that may be coming off the street. That's a, that's an unusual story, but that's why we ask, right? That's why we have to dig because nine, I bet you 99 out of a hundred people in your position just started off the boxing passion early on, had that and didn't find it later on. But um, we see that a lot on the CrossFit side of things. You get a lot of people who weren't athletes who didn't get into it, but not as much as boxing you know, where it's a later in life, quote, later in life thing that happens. But it's cool that you stuck with it to the point where now you've grown this into something that's serving your community from youth all the way up to adults. I don't know what the, the exact age range is, but it sounds like you have a pretty good span of people um, who probably, if they don't know before they come in, realize that the conditioning aspect, you know, the fitness of a boxer is probably second to none in a lot of aspects. Uh, it's a really, it can be a tough model and people may think they come in and, and hit a bag around and, and have some fun, but man, it, it can take, it can take as much out of you as you want to give to it. Right. So that's where the fitness side of it really, really hits a lot of people. No pun intended. Once they come in through those doors, I bet. Sure. No, I mean, you, you hit, the, hit the nail right in the head. Uh, number one, ESPN rated the sport of boxing the toughest sport probably about 10 years ago. Um, you know, it, it came on top of their list as far as, you know, fitness and conditioning, hand-eye coordination. I think hockey might be number two. So you're number one, you're, you're exactly right there. And, and number two, you hit the nail on the head again, which is you know, people have no idea. They have no clue what the sport really requires, what it takes. You know, you think it's just two guys or two girls 
you know, moving around that boxing ring, you know, for, for three minutes at a time. And it's kind of similar to golf. It looks a whole lot easier on TV than it does up close. And it does take a special person that, that wants to come in here and be dedicated and committed to wanting to, to learn it the right way. Number one is one thing, because it's very similar to like getting a black belt in, in martial arts. But then there's, there's so many different levels of it. There's the fitness part of it. There's the conditioning part. But most importantly, it's the, it's the mental piece of it. And uh, it's a phenomenal sport because it challenges all those different levels of, of high-level athletics that you would want if you're looking to get, you know, the ultimate fitness challenge. Absolutely. So you've been around in this for, we'll call it 12 years, in, in this particular facility. And that is a message that you've needed to get out to various age groups, different demographics, different people that, hey, if you're looking for ultimate fitness, you should come in here to us. You've seen the, the rise and fall, well, not fall, but the, the rise and uh, difficulty ebbs and flows of Facebook. You've seen social media like Instagram come about, you know, Google, um, search engine optimization. Have there been different parts of those trends and waves that you've ridden versus what you've stayed away from in your 12 or so years? That's a great question. And that's ironic that you asked that today because I got on my surfboard today. And, and hop back on some of those old ways, you know, because what happens is I think a lot of small business owners and people, they forget that you, you got to have a lot of, you know, it's like being a fisherman, right? If you can have a, you want to have one nice, huge, beautiful fisher, fishing boat and plant it in one part of the sea and have, you know, 20 lines off of one boat, or do you want to have a fleet of boats maybe in different sides of the ocean or heck, if they maybe even on different coasts, you know, doing different things. And I, I think small business owners have to look at themselves as fishermen and you have to decide, you know, do you want this big magnificent boat or do you want to have separate boats all over? And for example, today, I just got back on my Google page and my Google business is like, oh, oh, you know, I had updated my pictures on there in, in a period of time and some of my stats were down. So I had to do a photo dump on Google. Um, I try to make sure and make it a point to keep my Instagram, my Facebook pages up to date, but TikTok is not something I do a lot of. So what I do today, I got on TikTok and made sure you put a post out there. I got on LinkedIn and made sure we put a post out there. So, uh, and I ran a Facebook promo ad, <laughs> you know, for a show we have coming up. So, you know, you got to do a lot of different things. Um, I think one of the things with me having been in business over 12 years is that now I know to always put a little bit of bait out there. You know, you never know what type of fish might nibble on that bait. You know, keep that line in the water because as you mentioned earlier on in the conversation, with the fitness business now and the fitness models, people are all over the place. There's so many different things. Uh, we, I've done, you know, we've done billboards, I've done static billboards, I've done digital billboards, I've done flyers, you know, you name it, we've done it. Um, and I can say, you know, every little thing attracts different people, you know, and you, you, you know, if you're really trying to be, have longevity in this game, you gotta be willing to try a lot of different things, a lot. I don't personally do well off of Facebook ads, but I've had colleagues of mine who swear by Facebook ads, you know, so it just depends upon, you know, um, who, you're, who you're going after, uh, what, size, what size business you're trying to ascertain, and also what your, core, what your core values are, you know, and I think a lot of those play into where you steer those, those fishing boats. Yeah, I, I've, heard, um, I've heard people say multiple poles in the water on several occasions, but never thought about it expanding it going one level up right let's talk about the boats more than the, than just the fishing poles and and where you are so i like that point of view as far as where you look at it and knowing that 
you always need to give yourself as many opportunities as you can. You can't be all things to all people, but you want to make sure that the right people have the opportunity to find their way to you. And you mentioned something about, you know, wanting to know what size business you want to be, what you're, you know, while still sticking to your core values, you've got a pretty large operation as far as boutique fitness goes, the amount of clientele that you have, where are you as far as where you'd ultimately like to be? Are you near your capacity? Do you still have room to grow? Where do you want to be as far as the size of the business, the fitness, the fighting, and then your promotion side of things? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, you know, we would like to continue to still grow and still build on what we're doing. Um, you know, I, I've, our vision is always to say, can you have both elements or all elements coincide in one environment? So we want to kind of test it out in smaller, you know, again, this year, testing these things out and say, okay, if we, we start focusing on one, will it diminish the other, right? Because one, you're, you're always going to have your, your core business as you grow and trying to figure out, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice in the core business to create some other business lines? And then can they all cohabitate under one roof? And I think that has been more of our market analysis, you know, this year and, and saying, okay, if we decide to get deeper into the professional realm, you know, do we double the size of our environment? We've got about 3000 square feet now. You know, I think ideally about 7,500 square feet would be ideal. You put the boxing ring in here and then you've got, you know, one side is your pro side and one is your, 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 your fitness side. Uh, but then those are two different elements of, 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 of services. I mean, those are honestly, in, in my community, those are two different elements of people, you know, and, and can they all cohabitate? So there's a lot of things you got to think about to make sure, again, at the end of the day, it's the bottom line, right? You know, which is what I tell most people who try to come in and start, start small businesses. There's, you know, passion gets you in it. Loves make, love makes you stay, but the bottom line is still the bottom line, you know, which is love... Your, 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 the passion doesn't pay, but your landlord doesn't want to hear, I'm passionate about this. The, Georgia, the power company doesn't want to hear, but I still love it. You know, and your clients don't want to hear, well, let me try this for a little while because it's a passion and a love of mine. So you guys just tolerate this for a little bit, right? So the bottom line is still the bottom line. You got to always stay faithful to the bottom line. And that's always going to be the, the compass of what navigates you through you know, where you're really trying to accomplish. Yeah, I like the way that you look at it and something that I get to, and, and I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here. One of the things that I talk to a lot uh, of fitness owners is the thing that they say that they would tell themselves when they're younger is do it sooner and make the move. And we always color that in with, if, if you have the passion, you have to have it. You have to have the work ethic. Cool, you gotta know you have those. But if, if you also know you have the plan, where you can maintain that bottom line, because it doesn't matter, like you said, how passionate you are, or you can't pay the bills with that. The, if you do maintain your bottom line, you can grow your business, you can help more people, you can influence more and impact the community. So those things are required, but they don't get you there on their own. There has to be some business acumen and respect paid to the game as far as you know, revenue, profit, turnover, all of those things or else, like you said, the landlord doesn't want to hear it, right? It doesn't, you're not going to, this isn't a bartering economy anymore. You can't trade it. So I'm glad that you pay respect to that in the way that you do. 
and probably a big testament to why you're here 12 years later where you know most businesses at all in this country small businesses don't make it to three years right we lost a third of gyms during the covid pandemic right which technically we're still in but not at the peak of anymore so being aware of those things going to help you stay afloat when when other people just just think the love of the game will keep them in and unfortunately that's not the case i wish it would in a lot of cases but it doesn't so you've grown you've maintained what does staffing look like for you there how many trainers do you have and do some specialize in different things what's the breakdown look like because to serve as many clients as you do i would guess you can't do it on your own no, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. And I, I mean, I, I think most small business owners, you know, not let alone fitness business owners, I know that's a challenge. And then with my space of industry, that's, a, that's magnified by a million percent, right? Because in a day, this is an art form um, and it's something that's specialized and, and we just can't, no one off the street can just come in here and say, well, I want to be a boxing coach and a boxing trainer. You know, we can't go hire an, an ASM or a ISA certified PT person because in a day it's not personal training under that context, it's boxing training. So to be frankly honest, I still do about 90% of the work, um, but I've got, our, our, what we've involved in doing now is we've got more of a developmental program where we've got some of our fighters or our boxers. Now we're, we're, we're going back to that old school you know, Kung Fu model, which is, you know, eat rice, carry water, right? You know, if you want to be able to get to the top of the pyramid, you got to pay your dues. So now we're going back now saying, okay, each one kind of teaches one and we're going back in the trenches and pulling some of our own people that we've developed and some of our own people that we've trained to come back now and, and help run classes and do things of that nature. So we're kind of going about that model. Um, to be frankly honest, we're kind of in a beta period still with that, to be, be honest. Um, and we're hoping that you know, that continues to, to, to grow and build. Um, if someone were to ask me, you know, which may be a question you asked, you know, what would I have done seven years ago? What would I do different? That would have been it. You know, taking some of our kids who now be 18 and 19 and really put them through that, that beta testing period as far as saying, hey, look, you know, as you grow and develop in the gym, part of your responsibility will be to help those others who are coming into the gym. Very similar to the martial arts model. Yeah, and there's a lot of crossover a lot of carryover between martial arts, other, you know, combat sports in general, including boxing. So I can see where you can take lessons in the things that you see working and that you want to implement in your facility. And as you said, it's your job to beta test it, right? Some people might say, leave things alone, they're working. But if you want to grow, if you want to grow as an individual and entrepreneur as a business, Every once in a while, you got to get outside that comfort zone and figure out what's going to get you to where you need to be, right? One of the, the sayings that I like the best is whatever got you to where you are is not going to get you to the next level to where you need to be. That's great. Congratulations. You made it. Let's work on the next thing, right? So, so you have that, you have, you have that beta in place. You have that, that policy. Are you offering any, anything else? I know you have your your core offerings as far as the training with adults and kids, do you go down the road of anything like nutrition coaching, supplement sales, apparel, online services? Are any of those things in your purview now or maybe on your mind as adding at some point down the line? Yeah, no, we do sell our own equipment, apparel and things of that nature. Like we have got our own like little pro shop that, you know, unfortunately 
you know, as far as things that impacted us during COVID, you know, that was probably the most impactful because we, we lost our supplier of that. So, you know, we were working on developing that and bringing those back in, but, you know, we've got our own, of our own apparel and t-shirts and, you know, when we do have our own equipment, we sell, so we got our own pro shop and I'm very big on, you know, our own marketability. You know, if we're going to be in business with someone, we want to go to market ourselves. Um, as far as, I'll be honest, as far as nutrition and diet planning and all that kind of stuff, not necessarily, I'll be honest, you know, I'm old school when it does come to that, you know, you know, again, you're going to get out of this, what you put into it, which is, you know, most of the folks who come in to see us, you know, you know, we hope by now you know how to manage your calories, know how to manage your diet. We send you to, we send you back to the good old holy grail of the internet for all that stuff. Cause I'm not going to say anything any different than the other 20,000, 30,000 gurus. Right. And I think a lot of times people are looking for, not say excuses, but they're looking for an additional more information on top of more information on top of more information. And some things are just very black and white in relation to things. So, you know, we, we allow other professionals to kind of handle those areas of expertise when it comes to dietary needs and nutrition. You know, our goal is, you know, you come in the door, we're going to bust your butt, we're going to do our job, we're going to give you points, we're going to tell you what you should do. But if that's an area that you need help in, we're going to defer and deflect to other fit folks that we feel can help you navigate that direction a little bit better. Perfect. So it sounds like and a lot of this is going to be credit to the amount of time you have in business, the, the type of way that you look at things analytically. If we're going to figure something out, we're going to do it. We're going to trial and error, scientific method. So you know the directions that you're going in. You know who you are as, as a business owner, as a trainer, as a facility. You have that foundation and it sounds like it's, it's rock solid there's always an area to grow or develop or a challenge ahead of us as a business owner, heck, as people. What do you see your biggest challenges, you know, going forth towards your, you know, your goals down the line, one year, two year, three years down the line, the, the foreseeable future? No, yeah, no. I, I think our biggest challenge is just that. You know, growth is not always a positive thing, right? And I, obviously, when you grow, you're, you're, you're getting bigger, you're expanding somewhere. And that can expand not just in the positive side of the business you know obviously your expenses and and, and and responsibilities are increased as well um and i think there's that's always a challenge you know there's nothing wrong with blowing the doors open and, and having a waiting list and and being desired where you know you can kind of control your destiny from that perspective where you're able to manage your calendar manager comes in your door you know and really manage the quality of of, of what you're like a, like, a, like an artist Right. You know, you know, uh, Leonardo da Vinci and Jackson Pollock's and, and, and these guys, they didn't put out a million paintings a year. Right. You know, some of the reason why they're the great artists of our, of, of, of our previous time, because they made one or two pieces in, in, in you know, 20, 30 years. Uh, and those pieces are selling for millions and billions of dollars now. So I think you got to kind of decide is do you want to be a boutique where I've got a waiting list and I can start mitigating, you know, who and how and what I'm training and and we price that accordingly, of course. And there's always the, you know, Taj Mahal, bright building on the, on the, you know, uh, huge castle on the mountaintop of, you know, 30,000 square feet, you know, five boxing rings and, you know, and, and, and all this other stuff, right? And you, and you envision that too, but there's a reality of that's more staffing, that's more responsibility, that's more overhead, you know, so wherein lies that happy medium? And I think that's where we're at right now, trying to figure out, you know, where is the happy medium? If we do grow and get any bigger, what does that look like? And then also why, you know, what would be the purpose? 
um, because I'll be honest, in our business, we're, we're, you know, we're a competitive driven business. And part of being in the fitness industry is you got to have an ego. But I think that same ego can also hurt you because, oh, I want to have this grandiose large facility. Why? So you can say you got a 30,000 square feet facility with nobody in it, you know, or would you prefer to have 5,000 square feet and every time you open the door, it's a packed house, you know? So I think therein lies, you know, that, that balance. But I think we're probably sitting right in the middle right now, which is a little bit more growth, a little bit more sustainability. So we can have a little bit more things to utilize, but things that we know are gonna benefit what we already have versus add more on top of what we're already doing. That makes sense. Makes perfect sense to me. It sounds like all you ever do is look at the big picture and make sure any move that you make has taken everything into consideration that you possibly can. And we, there's always things you're gonna miss. There's always things you're gonna overlook, but you're sitting back and not making impulsive decisions. You're being calculated. You're making sure that you say, all right, if I do this, right? If I bring more people in the door, how's it gonna affect my onboarding process? How's it gonna affect my community? How's it gonna affect my space? If I change one thing, I can't just think, oh, this is great and it happens in a vacuum. You're just strictly all about the big picture and not taking your eyes off of it. Right. No, exactly right. I mean, that, that is the big picture. And that's exactly just that, you know, having that opportunity to be able to do just that. Because, again, if we don't take our eyes off that, we take our eyes off and don't think about the pros and the cons of something, something that you can think about as a pro might end up being the biggest con. You know, and I think, you know, from the years of this experience, you know, that's what I've seen. You know, you've seen gym owners who've had solid business models and solid, solid things decide, oh, well, we hit, you know, we, we, we hit the ground running and hit the ball at the park this, this year. So we're going to go now and, and double down and look at some big, huge, you know, um, monstrous facility. And then six months, 12 months later, they're, at the, they're, they're, they're closed. And you're like, well, what, what happened? Um, because at the end of the day, also the people who come into your business, especially like mine, they like the boutique feel. They like what we have to offer. They like that we're a family, that we have a community, that we're not just for everybody. But when you grow things and expand things, and that can possibly change, and then that that you know, that may take your core group or your core clientele, and they may they may they may be gone, and now you got to kind of reinvent that all over again. So, like I said, pros and cons to growth, and uh, I, I've been around long enough and been and seen enough to know you're exactly right. You got to be very calculating what decision you decide to make, and try your best to take the ego out of it. Because yes, we all would love to have, you know, a thirty thousand square foot facility, but still got to put people in those. Yeah, still got still got to put people in there. Yeah, right. And the right people and manage it right. So you're, right. you're dropping a lot of wisdom on us here. We are just about out of time. Before I let you go, uh, I don't have a specific question for you other than you've given us you've given us a lot of a lot of things here is there anything else on your mind anything else you'd like to share any other advice you'd give to business owners who are new or maybe who've been grinding for a while anything at all that you think that that would be useful to add on that somebody might need to hear right now yeah i think the most important thing is that you know obviously been in this space a long time there, there's no you know and, I, and, I, and it frustrates me when i see some of these marketing campaigns and some of these things out here that are tailored to the inexperienced gym owner or the person's getting to the business you got somebody who says well i'm a guru and i can and i'm going to send you thirty thousand you know new members next month come with no that's not going to happen because at the end of the day we're in the business of people 
and no one can guarantee you what what they believe that they can do because number one where you're located has an impact the cities that you're in it has an impact the demographic of where your business may be located can have an impact there's so many different things that not one guru can come in and, and, and fix you are your own guru you have to become that person to figure out what your business model is in relation to the demographic of where your business sits you know are you in a kids driven environment are you in a family driven environment you know what is what is those intangible things that make you different than your other colleagues you know i always tell people i don't have competitors i don't look at other gym owners or business or boxing gyms as my competitor because i know exactly what my core competencies are and i know exactly what sets what separates me from everybody else so when you come to sweet science fitness i know exactly why what makes me different than anybody else that's in the city of atlanta that offers boxing right and so i can plant my flag and hold and, and hold firm with that and i would tell anyone that's in this space who's just starting off or looking to get into the space you know that's the number one thing you gotta know what your core value is you gotta know what your belief system is you gotta know what separates you from everybody else you gotta make sure there's a market for that right and then you go tell yourself to that market and it could be like you asked earlier on, it could be Facebook, it could be Instagram, it could be TikTok, it could be LinkedIn, it could be Google, it could be YouTube, it could be a multitude of things. But you got to figure out, again, we talked about, do you want to put a couple of lines in the water off of one big boat, or do you want to have multiple boats, and they're all just fishing for you all day long. But, you know, that's super important that you understand, you know, who you are, what you are, and what you're out here trying to go after. Well said, my friend, well said. Last question before we let you go for the day here. Where can people find you? Where can they find Sweet Science online? Yeah, again, it's Sweet Science Fitness Boxing Club. We're located here in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, our website is uh, sweetsciencefitness.com. That's sweetsciencefitness.com. Of course, your, our phone number is 404-736-6302. You can find us on Instagram, at Sweet Science Fitness. Again, that's at Sweet Science Fitness. And same thing on Facebook, Sweet Science Fitness Boxing Club. Just make sure you type in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, we're the only one here in Atlanta, thankfully enough. You know, Sweet Science is a pretty common name throughout. So uh, just type that in and make sure that, uh, uh, you know, again, put Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, like I said, we're, we're pretty, uh, if, you, if you type that in Google, you're going to find something on us somewhere. We got a lot of reels in the water. Yes, sir. All right. That's all the time we have for today, sir. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for spending a little of your day with us. My pleasure. Thanks for reaching out to us. We enjoyed it. All right, sir. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. We hope you found value in this episode. If you want to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, talk about your business, your business model, your entrepreneurial journey, fill out the link. There, I click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple. 
cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk real business with real gym owners. I'm your host, Katie, and today I'm here with Sid, owner of Rayford, Shorin, Ryu, Karate, and Kabuto in Merced, California. How's it going, Sid? It's going very well. Thank you, Katie. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We appreciate you taking a little time out of your day to share with our listeners out there what you guys are up to. Uh, So, yeah, so let's hop right into it. Tell us a little bit about Rayford Shore and Ryu and what kind of what kind of services do you guys offer? So we we've been offering uh, self-defense and traditional karate uh, lessons here in Merced since 1997. And it started off being mainly for kids, but little by little adults, their parents and older siblings began to to, uh, come in and join us. And so uh, we've started off, had humble beginnings, but now we're a pretty good size uh, karate school here. And we offer the traditional karate, uh, we offer traditional weapons. And so there's weapons that are unique to uh, the island of Okinawa. And so being that this is an Okinawan style, we do teach four of their uh, of the weapons that are di- indigenous to that place. And so we offer both. We offer lessons for uh, basically three-year-olds all the way up to, I think my oldest student is about 75 years old. And That's so, beautiful. yeah, we're able to train people um, without them having to be an athlete. I mean, let's face it. Um, you, nowadays, you can't wait till you're in shape to learn self-defense. It's <laughs> So even if you're a little out of shape, you still may need to defend yourself. And so because we're not a a sport or competitive style, we're able to basically teach anyone, no matter the age, the physical condition, um, none of those things are factors in the training. We can teach literally anybody. So we're able to reach a much wider base of people than styles that that are into competition and and a lot of exercise. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, that you've made it so accessible to everyone. Sure. That's amazing. All right. Well, I'm excited to dig in a little bit more on what you guys are doing. But before we do that, give us a little background on how you guys came to be. How did you know it was the right time for you to go into business for yourself? So we... In 97, when I started teaching here, I, I moved from the city of Hanford, where I initially began teaching. And so um, I, I already knew that I was either going to train or teach or do both. My only issue was how is it going to work out with my employment? So I've always been bivocational teaching while working was was some other company. And over time, the karate got to be big enough for me to consider maybe I just need to focus on that and it became more difficult to work for others and run this karate school and so that's what it was like between 2008 back to 97 when we opened here and then about 2008 
we decided to just step out there on faith. My teacher um, who was ill and, and um, on his last days said to me, you know, um, you're a man of faith and uh, you need to step out there on it and just focus your energy on what you're going to be when you grow up. <laughs> and, so, and so, and that was his way of telling me to just step out there on faith and, and do it. You know, uh, when I'm able to apply all of me to it, good things will happen. He was absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. um, I, off and on, I still do part-time jobs here and there, but now uh, the karate school is the constant and other things are the variables. And mm -hmm. so we, we focus our time and energy on it and it has grown. It has gotten to where um, it's sometimes hard to keep up with um, because we just want to offer more classes and, and we, we keep seeing opportunities where we can and everything that we open up fills up. This is a, a little community that's hungry for something to do with their children. Yeah. Um, we find that when kids are enrolled in, for instance, city league sports, uh, the parents are always in the stands watching. The parents cannot participate with the children. They pay for it, but they're spectators. Yeah. We give them an atmosphere where they can train together. So we're known as a family martial arts school. We have several families where the parents are out there training with their children. Wow. So that has been a wonderful thing to offer to the community because almost everything else, parents are spectators. Right. Yeah. So that, that has really caused it. In some cases, we have uh, grandfathers and grandmothers with their grandchildren out there. Wow. So it's, it's, it really is a family. And that's, that's, I think if, if there is a niche, that's, that's ours. We're able to uh, provide something positive for the entire family to do. And, and from experience, something like that, this is the kind of activity that forces you to reach down and be honest with who and what you are. When your feet hit the floor, there's no amount of talking that matters. Now, now it's down to what can you do and what can you not do and are you willing to work on the things that you cannot do right and families that struggle to learn together really just bond mm -hmm. like crazy I've, I've seen families get much closer together because they do this together than other activities um cause them to bond in and so uh we we're, we we love taking a part in such a positive thing happening in the families in this community yeah, that's so awesome to hear that. Yeah, I love that. I think there's not enough of that right now. Families getting to do things together. So that's well, awesome. not, you're right. And we and we're, we're also vendors for homeschool families. And oh. so and so there's a the, the homeschool populace is is really growing around here. I'm told across the country too to some degree, but California's really gotten big on homeschooling their their kids and so we are a vendor for about four different homeschool organizations. And that is another opportunity for the parents to train with their mm -hmm. children. And so that's that's been nice. We have the, the homeschool organization um, pays for the children to participate. And so we offer free training for the parents to join them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so instead of the mothers and fathers watching, they're out there with the kids. And so we keep finding ways for families to do this together, and um, and it creates for long-lasting relationships. Uh, we, I, my doctor has twin boy, twin boys at training our school, and just the other day they had their tenth 
anniversary of training in our karate school. Wow. And so we've got these children that are becoming adults in the school. And, and I also have, a, and I got to tell you, this is the weirdest feeling, but I've got the children of children being brought to me now. And these, these kids that came to me 20 years ago are, are grown now. They have their own families and they're bringing their kids to me. And so I'm, I'm in many cases, I'm on the second generation of teaching in the same families. That is a real joy right there to see. Mm -hmm. That's that's so awesome that you have been around that long. You've had people that have stuck with you that long that you're yeah. able to just kind of see those generation after generation come into your facility. It is a reminder too of how old I actually am, despite how I feel. <laughs> but, but it's okay. It's a positive thing. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's the thing. Pros and cons, right? To getting older. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Perfect. So obviously, you know, you guys, you've been around for a long time. You've seen a lot of things. You're very well established. You know, you got into this business to help people to make martial arts accessible to a larger population. So, um, you know, everything, everything's going along, everything's great. And then, you know, this, this little pandemic thing happens, right? Sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, pretty much everybody kind of got punched in the face with that one. And statistically about a third of gym closed for good um sure. so that's awesome that you guys are are still standing here still helping people um so i think what i and our listeners want to know is how exactly did the pandemic affect your business and what did you guys do to stay afloat during that time so what happened when that came out was of course uh the physical contact with a lot of people had to come to an end and uh, we stayed open mm -hmm. kind of kind of you know uh bucking the system so to speak right. just to see you know what 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 is it can we do to keep this thing going because we you know invested our lives in this and so what what can we do and you know, we had began teaching on the online platform mm -hmm. prior to the pandemic and i didn't like it i kicked against it i was the biggest opponent of online karate teaching i didn't want to be another Taibo program. I, I just, to me, I mean, what we teach in traditional karate, my attitude was it will never work. You can't do it. But we tried it because mm -hmm. some of the homeschool families are in another city and they wanted to train, but they couldn't travel that much. And so for that reason, we began teaching online and I didn't really care for it that much, but we did it. We were able to serve families with it. And then, like you said, the pandemic came just so happens a little clause in the uh the order from the uh the health department and it said if you provide online courses for children grades k through 12 you are considered an essential business and can continue operation so once i read that i said oh well then i need to stop complaining about the online platform Maybe I should look into embracing this thing and going with it. So I have to say the thing that I was kicking against actually became the catalyst of our staying afloat. Yeah. Because it was through the online platform that we were able to continue teaching until things began to open back up. So um, I have to, I have to, I have to give it to the uh, Zoom, the go-to meetings, the other online platforms. They actually became the method by which our business was saved. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and, exactly. And, and the fact that our business doesn't require um, a home gym, exercise machines, uh, no exercise bands, no weights, nothing. We, we, all you need is a little bit of floor space in your living room and, and a device to see us on and follow us with and you can train. And so we did that. We had um, people in other states. We still have people in other states right now that are training with us, but we were able to reach out to a lot of people and we probably had on, on each television monitor about eight to 10 families at once that were training with us. And it was, it was wonderful. Yeah. Now, now, now it's a regular part of our business. We're back open, but we've got people on the floor and we've got people on the monitors that are tra training with us um, every day of the week. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Yeah, I love that you're able to still kind of keep up with the online as well, because, you know, some people do favor that. Some people are still afraid of coming back in person. Sure. Sure. Uh, and then also to just the convenience of it for a lot mm -hmm. of people. So, so that's awesome that you're kind of still able to incorporate it after the fact. Um, awesome. So I would like to switch gears here a little bit and get a little more tactical with what you're doing in your business right now. Um, so what types of things are you doing to get people interested in coming into your facility? So one thing that we do is I, I'm, I'm always, uh, anywhere we go, um, I take a look at families that are out together and um, I constantly see a mother and a father, mother with kids. And to me, I see potential everywhere I go. So the simple business card and a few words in a conversation, um, I, I'm, I have no problem walking up to people and, and saying, hi, we own a local business. It's a martial arts school. Are you doing, are your kids involved in anything? And most of the time they'll tell me, no, actually they're not. Right. Um, I'll tell them we have a business and we would love to give you a couple of free classes. And so come on down and check us out. That has created a lot of long lasting relationships, really has. We have also put ourselves out there on social media sites. You know, of course we have our own page, but we, uh, uh, the homeschool has a, homeschool site has a vendor page where you can just go in and say a little bit about your business and, um, and folks have contacted us there. Uh, social media has been, I would say we've gotten a lot of contacts through there, messages from there quite a bit. Location is everything. You, you know, you don't, you don't want to get put in a, in a place where you have to tell people that you're there. Um, right. so, so if they can see it as they pull up to an intersection or if they can see it as they drive or walk by, if, if you have, if, if your area has foot traffic, um, those things are, they come in huge. Um, are you in an area where people regularly park their vehicles and, and happen to look over and see you, you know? And so, um, and then also the times that we're available, we, we are available in the mornings when a lot of people are at work, but we're also available in the evenings when people are not at work and they're out and about doing things. And so if I had a nine to five business model, there's a great deal of people that would never know about us. Oh, but, yeah, absolutely. But we're open when people are off work. And right. so we're able to uh, basically let the business uh, speak for itself, so to speak. We're on the we're on a, a corner where all four uh, streets in this intersection happen to be able to see our business. 
-hmm. And so we do get drive-by people who walk in and I had no idea that there was a school here. Well, there wasn't, but there is now. So, <laughs> you know, what, what would you like to get started, you know? And, and so, and then we're involved in, you know, we're, we're heavily involved in our church. We're uh, on the worship team there and, and um, our, all of our, our church affiliation, other things that we do in the community, they all feed the karate school. Everybody knows that, that what we do for a living happens to be martial arts. And so the other things in the community that we involve ourselves in always uh, end up being a catalyst of someone coming to that karate school. So most of the people that come to me are not strangers. I know them from someplace else. So that that helps a lot. So, so a person, if you want to have a successful business, you need to immerse yourself in the, into the community outside of that martial arts school because it's those contacts that are going to feed the school. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I found. Oh yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you guys are, you know, well-known, have a large presence in your community. Um, seems like, you know, all that organic stuff is working out super well for you. Was there ever a point where you had to do any like advertising, paid advertising, that kind of thing? We did some stuff with Google a while back and, and then we're always ask, asking when someone calls, so how did you hear about us? Just to check and see. And honestly, that didn't really, that didn't really pan out, honestly. I mean, they, you were on any search that you use, not just Google, but any search that, that we use, uh, that you can use, we pop up on that. And so I, I can't give Google all the credit, it's, but the online platform itself, just the internet, um, we have a website. And when we formed our website, we were careful with our keywords mm -hmm. and made sure that we use keywords that popped up, popped us up on pretty much any search. And so um, people that, that just type in karate, for instance, in Merced, California, yeah. we're at the very top of the list of that search. And, and that's because we were careful enough when we set up the website to make sure that we pop up. Mm -hmm. And then of course, on the website, there's links to our social media pages. And right. the social media pages have a link to the website. And so we've just tried to cross connect or cross reference everything that we do, talk to you about everything else that we do. Yeah, awesome. Sounds like you guys have a, have a pretty good system there for that. Um, okay, so, you know, I would imagine with most of your leads coming from word of mouth referrals, the process of signing someone up, I would have to imagine doesn't feel too much of like a, like a sale most of the time, I would imagine. No, they, they, most of the time when people come in, they, there's some sort of need that they're fulfilling. Even if they, they'll come in and say, I need something for my kid to do. They, they, I got to get them off the video games. And so they're the ones coming into us saying that they have a need. And so then at that point, we just need to um, make sure that they understand that we can't address those needs. Um, it just comes down to, do they want to use our services to do that or mm -hmm. someone else's? Luckily for us, we have some of the highest ranking staff in my area, in our area of this of this valley, and and uh, some of the lowest costing fees for people to join us. And so, um, as I said earlier, we are tremendous people of faith, and um, we just we rely upon that faith in God to make sure that even when we give someone a break, that somehow or another it comes back, and it always does. 
it always comes back. It never fails to be something good. When we give, we get it back. Yeah. And so, and so we find a way to help people out um, in ways that, that our competitors don't, our competitors are, they stick to their guns. It's this and that's it. You can't afford it. Sorry, but with us, we refuse to let finances dictate whether or not someone can receive our services. And so if they have the, the heart's desire to train, whether they have the funds or not, we find a way for them mm-hmm. to train. That's awesome. I love that, that you're so dedicated, yeah, to to serving anyone who would like to train with you, regardless of what their status may be. Well, and, and, and I have found that an investment into the people never yields a zero return. There's always a return investing in people. A lot of people invest in companies, invest in businesses and things like that. I invest in people and I get a return that's usually beyond what I expected. Yeah, that's absolutely very well said. Awesome. Um, Okay. So we talked a little bit about how you guys started. We talked about, you know, kind of where you're, where you are now, what you're doing. So let's shift our focus to the future for a little bit. What kind of business goals do you have for the next year or two? Do you guys have any particular plans, projects, things that you're working on at the moment? Well, because we just moved into a, a new location, that's basically the focus of our, our attention right now. But we just we we want to maintain what we have and become deeper seated into this community. Uh, this is a uh, a UC community now, so we've got UC Merced that wasn't here very you know hasn't been here very long. There's new families coming in um, all the time, and so I I, I just want to uh, maintain what I have and let the dojo or karate school grow on its own. Um, and usually when I just sit back and let it do that, the people that come in, um, they're genuine and they're there because they want to be rather than being there because I talked them into it. So um, <laughs> but just, I find that, that the ongoing investment in, in people and, and um, just being there and being flexible to suit uh, the diverse needs. I mean, I've, like I said earlier, I've got law enforcement people that need specific things. We unfortunately have um, victims of crimes that have specific needs, and so we just want to be diverse in our uh, in the services that we render. Of course, it all goes back to karate, but we we want it, we want to be able to address the needs, whether it's a whether it's a activity for little Johnny and Susie, or or if it's addressing the needs of somebody that's been a victim of a crime. We want to make sure that we're there for those people and uh, and use our local uh, organizations to make that happen. Uh, we, we are also uh, connected to the public schools in the area. Mm-hmm. And so we teach in the after school programs. That's been another avenue of uh, feeding our martial arts school is um, the after school programs are, are always looking for different vendors. Uh, they call them enrichment programs, things for the kids to do. So we go to different campuses and teach martial arts in their after-school programs. Well, several people have several people have come to the karate school because they met us in the after-school program. Yeah. So we, we, yeah, it's it's wonderful. You know, we we the schools pay us a um, enough for us to make it worthwhile, and um, everybody's happy that and the and often more often than not the kids that we're teaching 
they come from families that really would not be able to afford the lessons if they were to go elsewhere. But um, because it's part of the school's program, their kids are getting everything that a regular martial arts student gets, their child is getting at school in an after-school program and the parents pay nothing for it, it's all free. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that you're able to provide that service for, for kids that may need it. It's, it's nice. The kids go home excited. Hey, we got this this man and his wife come and teach us. And they come to the karate school. And more often than not, if they really love it, the parents find a way to make it happen. And so uh, there again, the martial arts school gets fed by, by the after school program from public schools. So yeah. we're connected to... We're connected to homeschool organizations, several public schools. Um, we teach summer programs at Merced College. Um, that's the junior college here in town. And, mm-hmm. and all, again, all of our connections in the community net a return back to the karate school. So Yeah, perfect. Well, that is amazing. I love, I love to hear that. It sounds like you are out there in your community doing some amazing things for people. Um, okay, so as we're kind of running down on time here, I do have one last question for you, Sid, and sure. that's if you could go back and give yourself or our listeners one piece of advice about running your own business, what would that be? Have faith. Just have faith. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to. Um, I can only. I can only say what works for me. Mm-hmm. We have a faith in God that says that we can do all things through him. And we wake up every day and we close each day with that mindset that even if the day doesn't look so good, tomorrow's still coming. Yeah. And so and so we just have faith that the good that we're trying to do will have a return. And it always does. And so um, the successes that we have had have only done one thing, and that's increased our faith. And so this have faith that, that that if you put your mind and your heart and your soul to something, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on the people you depend upon. Don't give up on the business. Just have faith. Do everything that you can and have faith. Oh, that's, that's what awesome. we're Yeah, that's amazing advice. Thank you so much for that. Um, and, you know, um, as we're just about out of time here, thank you so much for being here with us today, Sid. It was amazing to get to talk to you about what you guys are doing. Um, so before we go, for all of our listeners out there, where can we find you on the internet? Where's, what's your website? Where can we find you on social media? So uh, the website is RayfordSorenRyuDojo.com. So there's no spaces in it. So, but, but RayfordSorenRyuDojo.com dojo.com and then on social media we're on facebook is about the only thing that we're on but it's rayford shoren real karate and kabuto on facebook as well all right can't can't miss this type type in uh rayford shoren or just rayford karate or something like that and we should be popping up somewhere and if not let me know i need to change something All right. Perfect. All right. So to all of our listeners out there, thank you for spending some time with us today. We hope you found some value in my conversation with Sid here today. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to click the subscribe button. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, fill out the form, and a member of the team will be in touch as soon as possible. This has been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We'll see you on the other side. Gym Lords out. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.